This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Listen, um, rain delay for the Mets. They are leading right now 2-0 in the top of the sixth against Washington. And Gordon, I got to say, Tyler McGill did a very nice job. Shut out for five innings. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Static for how he's been. He was one of those guys last year that when he now he might have trailed off the entire team trailed off at some mm-hmm. point, but he came out of nowhere. I had never heard the name Taylor McGill until he mm-hmm. got called up last year. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, who is this guy? And he came up and at the time he pitched really well. So look, it's not it's not Degrom, it's not no. Scherzer, it's not no. Bassett, but he he did his job tonight. He can't. It was great. Well, however, this thing end up going, yep. he he took care of business. Now, uh, I guess I don't know what I'll be doing tomorrow night's game because I don't have Apple, and the game is on Apple Plus. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. unfortunately, we're gonna get we're gonna run into some of these problems. But mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe the rain that was here tonight, maybe there'll be rain down there, and it'll get rained out anyway. Who knows? Yeah, well, they had rain down there today because it got moved from four to seven, and then they started late with delays. They didn't get start till a little after eight. So, I may have to listen to Scherzer's game. Tomorrow, but we'll, theater we'll, of the we'll mind. Yes, yes. Like I saw days. it on. I saw it on the radio. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing, Larry. I mean, yes. it was raining so hard here. How hard about, was it raining? Gordon? I was waiting to look outside and see a guy building an ark. I mean, it was <laughs> the lightning and the thunder. I thought I thought it was coming down on my head. I said, "This wow. is how it ends. This <laughs> is how it ends, people." I mean, it was right next. Our dog, God bless him. We don't know how old he is, but he's completely deaf. But at one point when he was, you know, more with it, he used to freak out at the rain. But he Uh doesn't do that anymore. But the rain tonight and the thunder was so loud, even he woke up and was like, what was that? So Yeah, it's like, huh? Yeah, it was not good. (laughs) We were waiting to be floating down the river, so. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so uh, uh, just an RBI, kind of with an Mm -hmm. RBI hit. So it's now 3-0 Mets as they continue to bat in the top of the sixth. So we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with the Mets. Uh, feel free to call us at 1-800-919-3776. But I want to start out with the New York Yankees because they have their home opener tomorrow, weather permitting. And Garrett Cole will be on the mound. And this is Garrett Cole on facing the Boston Red Sox. It's a pretty formidable opponent. I just kind of see it as, you know, two stags locking up in the forest. Somebody's going to break an antler every once in a while, and nobody's certainly going to back down. Huh. That's an interesting visual. <laughs> I, I guess it, I, it wouldn't have been the first analogy I would have went I, with, but okay. No, no but you see, he's got hunting on his mind. There's no question I about guess that. So. He's well, hunting. I, I, I'm sure he doesn't have last season on his mind. Maybe he should have last season on his mind with the way things ended, but it's a new year, so hopefully Garrett Cole can last a whole lot longer than he did back in October. Actually, he does have last year on his mind, Gord, because he was asked about, about his struggles in the wild card game. And as a competitor, you know, when you lose, it just yeah, kind of it kind of eats at you. So, I think there's a part of me that always carries along you know, the scars that you know we get when we fall up short of what we're trying to accomplish. But at the same time, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. And it's not like certainly we're bringing uh, those negative emotions into this season or this matchup. We're just more so use it to prepare and get yourself up in the morning to go to the gym and get your routine as as disciplined as you can to put yourself in a good position to hopefully accomplish that goal this season. He is such a competitor, Gordon, that I would think that he replayed that game over and over and over in the postseason. And that's okay. 
because it, it was, you know, unfortunately for him, it was the last game. So he can think about it in the postseason, and I'm sure it's something that he's had on his mind, and I'm very curious to see how he's going to approach tomorrow and what success he will have and if he's learned anything and going to make some adjustments against the Red Sox. Well, he might not have to answer questions about that game the entire season, but he will hear about that game the entire mm-hmm. season. Uh, yeah. Every time he pitches in a big game, when, when you are the big money guy and you're brought in for games like that and you perform like he did, oof, and then you throw in the spider tack issue, I'm not saying it's to the degree of Jacob deGrom and, and holding your breath, but I, I do think that there is a little bit of that going into this year about how yeah. is Garrett Cole going to pitch? Is he going to pitch like the ace? Or is it going to be, you know, sometimes he strikes out 12 and then other times he gives up five runs because that's yeah. not what you need to top the rotation. The, the Yankee rotation has more than enough question marks without him being part of it as well. Yeah, and and what ace are you getting, right? Are you getting the ace, that, as you mentioned, that struck out 12? Or, or Gordon, is it is it unrealistic to expect that he will return to the person he was as a member of the Houston Astros. Is that the outlier because of what they do in Houston? Or is he closer to the picture that you saw in Pittsburgh that the Yankees were also interested in? Yeah, well, if he if he's close to the guy that he was in Pittsburgh, Houston, we got a problem uh, because <laughs> that, that is not what you're paying $36 million a year for. So uh, I'm not saying that he has to, to lead uh, the American League in ERA, but – he has to be a whole lot more like the guy that they bought rather than the guy that wrapped up the end of last season. And the guy, you know, look, he had a couple of, I think he had a couple of good years in Pittsburgh, but he was not the consistent kind of ace pitcher. That was, if he had just been in Pittsburgh the entire time, the Yankees would not have had to sign him to a $36 million, $36 million a year contract. Mm-hmm. You're right. It was what he was able to do in Houston, and there's mm-hmm. no question about that. Houston makes, Houston makes a lot, made a lot of pitchers a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money they did I mean they really did so uh you know it'll be interesting to see how he performs tomorrow when he takes them out and you, you kind of need him to be the as you mentioned you need him to be the Houston uh Cole not the not the Pittsburgh Cole that you saw a lot of last year Anthony Rizzo your first baseman was asked about conversations he may have had with Aaron Judge about Aaron Judge's extension. Yeah, I mean, I have. I've talked to him a little bit about it. And at the end of the day, it's what's going to make him and Sam happy. And what his value is and what his worth is, is extremely high in this game. He's a legitimate MVP candidate every single year. And he knows that. And he's really, really good at this game. And he's really good at how he handles everything. I've I've admired him from afar for years. I've heard nothing but good things about him. And then I come over last year and meet him. And it's the total package. And, you know, what he brings to this organization from my time being here is something I haven't seen before and but when it comes to the business side of it we we all there's no secret to you know you you see freddie freeman just got isn't on the braves anymore there's no loyalty in this game and when you separate that on the business side and and you take your heart out of it you you gotta that's the tough part well kuhn is very happy that freddie freeman apparently is not in atlanta anymore speaking of no loyalty (laughs) yeah i mean there was plenty of loyalty the braves wanted to sign him to yeah, a three hundred and fifty exactly. million dollar deal or so. I mean, yeah. I, I don't remember what he ended up getting, but it was not significantly high. Now it was higher, and mm-hmm. and good for him. He has the right to do that. But if you're going to yep. bring up that there is no loyalty, which I would agree with, I don't know necessarily that Freddie Freeman is the best example of that. I would say that there's no <laughs> there's no loyalty on Freddie Freeman's part rather than yeah. the Braves. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. 
I agree. So it's going to be interesting. And, and Gordon, opening day tomorrow is, is. Are they hoping for rain so they can get this contract extension done? Because I don't think they. I don't think he wants to deal with it once the season starts. Am I correct? I have to. I I, I find that hard to believe that. I don't know what the parameters are that they're talking about. I was listening to uh, the K show earlier, and Michael mm-hmm. said that one person that he really respects that knows the game called, talked to him, and said that he can't believe Judge is going to turn down this offer because it's such big money. And then another mm-hmm. person who he also respects said he can't believe the Yankees are offering such so few years. So I don't know. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. four years, a hundred and sixty million or something like that. And maybe Judge wants seven or eight. So. I just find it hard to believe that they're not going to get this done. Yeah, I think they'll get it done. I definitely. I mean, I, I'm not saying necessarily before opening day, but at some point, if he really wants to be here, and the Yankees are clearly going to be competitive in the in the in the marketplace, you would think. I if, I get the feeling that they will get this done, even if it's past spring, even if it's past excuse me opening day. Yeah, I think so because his agent's not playing. So his agent right. can take all the phone calls because <laughs> he's the one negotiating anyway. Because it's a big risk on his part, too. I mean, he just twists an ankle, yeah, jumps the wrong way, falls mm-hmm. the wrong way, takes the wrong kind of swing and misses a couple of weeks. And then all the, you know all the questions are going to start all over again. Right. And maybe the Yankees will start to say, well, you know what, maybe, maybe we're better just, just holding off. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have with Severino. <laughs> right. The Yankees, to me, I would be more inclined to wait until the season is completely played out. Mm-hmm. And then when you have all the information, you know what, pay the pay the premium of an extra season right. to, to know for sure. Because if, if he were ever to sign this massive deal and then get hurt during the season, the calls for Brian Cashman's head would be even louder than they are now. And they're they're already pretty loud. Yeah, yeah I, heard, I heard them. I heard them today. Oh, I mean, you hear them all. I mean, if you if you're listening at any point, if you go three calls on any show, you're going to get one Brian Cashman call. I mean, somebody's yelling right now. Oh, I'm sure somewhere. (laughs) Eli in Washingtonville is just (laughs) shouting at the moon. He is indeed. Bruce is in Flushing. He starts us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, guys. I want to talk about Judge and also the Yankees for the whole year. First on Judge. I think Judge has already a signed contract, or if it's not signed, it's about to be signed. And here's why. They had Aaron Boone on, it was either Sunday or Monday, and they asked him about Judge. And I was watching the interview live, and this is what Boone said. And he said this with a smile. Judge is in a good spot. I'm not worried about judging. Well, I hope so. Now, now Vaughn, you've been analyzing... Aaron Boone's comments over the last couple of years. What do you think about that? I think that that's what Aaron Boone would say in any situation. I really do. I, he's, you know, he's, he's endlessly positive. I'd have to kind of see the tone. You're saying he, he kind of had like a little wink and a smile. So maybe that's, he's, he's kind of saying something without saying it. But um, I, I think that he's going to have that kind of demeanor no matter what. He's, he's always, he's always going to have that kind of positivity and, uh, he may not answer the question per se, but um, we'll see. Look, we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, if everybody's true to their word, we'll find out by tomorrow. Uh, and and if he has a contract, great. If not, play out the season and you can sign him then. There's no reason that the Yankees can't sign Aaron Judge whenever they want. Now, as far as the Yankees for the rest of the year, I'm, I guess, a different Yankee fan. I think the Yankees are going to have a good year. I think they'll be a playoff team. I'll think, I think they'll win – 
anywhere from 91 to 92, 93, 94 games. And here's why. I think they're now obviously injuries play a factor in this, and if everybody gets injured, throw this prediction out the window. But I think that their pitching is underrated. Um, I think they have a deep pitching staff. I think they can reach down and get guys from the minors um, if they need to. I think their bullpen is very deep. And, you know, this team kind of reminds me a little bit of the 90 Yankees. You know, veterans, guys who, you know, may not be hitting 320 or 330, but with a runner on base and willing to move the runner over, hit a sacrifice fly, hit a single to the opposite field. Obviously, they have power in, in, in Stanton and um, and Aaron Judge. Um, and I think the left field is, is going to have a little bit of a better year. But I just think this team is is underrated. And when they need to get a pitcher, I think they will get a pitcher, whether it be Montos or something else. I can't tell you how deep their minor league is. I, you know, I would throw out names to you, but you guys wouldn't know it. They have a, a lot of minor leaguers to trade for if they need it in, in a trade to get a starting pitcher. Um, they're not going to trade, obviously, Volpe. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade Peraza for right deal, but even if they kept Peraza, they still have short stops to trade. So this team is going to surprise a lot of people and will be in the playoffs. Bruce, did you say that this team reminds you of the 1990 Yankees? In in this way. They had, you know, Brocious wasn't a high average hitter, but when it came down to clutch situations, he got the RBIs in. You know, oh, oh, you, you mean the '90s Yankees? I thought you were, I thought you were saying the 1990 Yankees, like the the year 1990. I'm like they were terrible <laughs> in 1990. <laughs> uh, I was 90s. confused. Sorry. The '90s Yankees. These are okay. underrated professional head hitters, and I think they're going to surprise some people. Why don't you get your comments on that? Well, I mean, I, I right, think Bruce, that it, it's coming from where the perspective is. Like, Bruce is saying he, th- he thinks they're underrated and that they're a playoff team. Well, God, I hope they're a playoff team. They better be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. even though they didn't make any moves this offseason, they better be in the playoffs. Uh, to me, that should not be the goal. To I, I want a team that's going to win the division. Yeah. You know, what happened to the Yankees winning the division? They've won one division since, like, the last – I think the last decade they've won the division once. That's not that's not good enough, and that's, that's where it Yankee starts. Baseball. No, that's I mean that that's the that should be the goal going into the season mm-hmm. uh, of winning the division. So just being a playoff team to me is not. Uh, I want more than that. That that will not suffice. Uh, and if they're going to go and win, you know, ninety two, ninety three games, look, I can see them doing that. I think that I don't think they're going to be a terrible team. But when you end the, the season last year like they ended the season last year, you went into the offseason and there was talk of big moves and this thing and that thing and nothing materialized. Um, you know, the reason why they're a good team is because of the pieces they had before the offseason. Right. It's not really the pieces that they added in the offseason. I mean, they added Josh Donaldson. Big whoop. <laughs> I mean, this is a far cry from the Yankees are in the mix as one of the top teams to win the World Series, right? They're right. That's playoffs. what I'm saying. It's a little different. Right. It's a little the, different. The goal five years ago, they were within one game of the World Series, and now we here we are five years later. They're spending two hundred and forty or whatever million dollars on a team, 
And it doesn't seem like even the people who are optimistic are like, ah, you know what? I think the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. Yeah. They got a good shot. That's why, uh, that's what Hal Steinbrenner is hearing, right? <laughs> that's why he's like, this is a championship level team. Well, we'll you know what? Look, on. that's one way that he is like George. Because George used to think that if you just paid people a certain amount of money, they would become better players. And you just said, well, you know, we're paying him. He's supposed to perform like this. That, that doesn't mean that they're going to perform like that. So j- right. him just saying this is a championship-level team does not make it to be true. That's right. It's like, I was told this is a championship-level team. All right, well, whoever you told, you better, you know. You That's can- the amazing thing. He said last year that he thought there was a championship-level team. They weren't a championship-level team. They got ousted in the wild card game. They kept the GM, they kept the manager, and they didn't make any changes to the roster. Mm-hmm. Significant changes to the roster. Right. Because it was a championship team. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you change a championship team, Gordon? It's a championship uh, team. I mean, you it's just so obvious. It they bit. just didn't want to spend any more money. Yeah. That's, exactly. what it, that's really what it came down to. If money yeah. were no object, they would have went out and made different moves. But they don't yeah. want to spend any more money. And, and to a certain degree, I can kind of understand Hal's point. I'm spending $245 million. Mm-hmm. But then Hal... If you're unhappy spending $245 million in the results that you're getting, why aren't you questioning the person who's spending $245 million? Yeah. Well, he probably did. It, it doesn't seem that way. You're right. Maybe behind, the, behind closed doors, but it seems yeah. like from all the insiders, Brian Cashman has a job for life. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I hear that. That's not, good. I, that's not, just, that's not, uh, that's not what you want to hear. I don't think anybody has a job for life. No, no not, of course I, not. I really, I, you know... I don't know. Eventually, his luck is going to run out, Gordon. You know that. Eventually, it's, it's, it's going to be time to turn the page. I mean, he's been part of the Yankees going back to Bob Watson. He's been there 25 years. I mean, it's a long time. It's a long time. He has run. been there a long I mean, And that's just the GM. I mean, obviously, he was yeah. in the organization before that. But, exactly. yeah, I mean, he's been there a very long time. And, I look, mean, overall, on the whole, I like a. I'm not one of these people that, like, kills Cashman and, and says he does a terrible job. I think he did a wonderful job in 2016 of reading the tea leaves and saying, you know, what, we got this team is not good enough. Let's tear it down. They built it back up. They had some young players. But over these last five years, there's no way that you can look at these yeah. last five years, given where they were in 2017, and say that this has been anything but a failure. Absolutely. And the failure has been consistent. It's been the offense in the postseason mm-hmm. not being able to drive in runs and, and drive in runs with less than two out. They, they, the sacrifice fly has been a mystery to this team in the postseason. A mystery. Yeah, scoring runs in general. Uh, and, and everything about this team is Brian Cashman. The manager yeah, is, is the hand-picked guy of Brian Cashman. The philosophy is is put out by – I mean, he, he runs the entire organization. So. Yeah. If you're saying that the last five years have been a failure, and I'm not saying they've been a disaster, but they have been a failure. You know, win 102, 103 games, great. If you don't go to and win the World Series, when this is the time to do it. This is the window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Means nothing. Means nothing. Means nothing. And and, and look, that's the standard that they've set. They say that about every year. I'm not saying that about every year. There's years where they just are not talented enough. But over these last five years, the big moves that were supposed to take them from where they were in 2017 and put them over the top have not worked. The, nope. the, the Stanton move, while he's had some good moments, has not put them over the top. Garrett Cole was supposed to be the final piece. We have our ace pitcher now. Did not put yeah. them over the top. The manager. No, nothing. Nope. Still looking. Still looking. The championship matchup of the March movie mayhem. 
Yes, Larry, we started with 64. We started with four number one seeds. We are down to the final two, the championship match, and two number one seeds will go for the title of the greatest sport hero or villain in the history of movies and TV. And that championship matchup, Larry, very simple. The Mm. number one overall seed is there, and it is... I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Yes, of course, that's the voice of Rocky Balboa. Mm -hmm. How could he not be there? The number one overall seed got the job done, pounded Bobby Boucher into submission. Mm. 70-30. to Ooh. The other matchup, though, Larry, I checked it this afternoon, and it was exactly 50-50. Wow. But over the last couple of hours... The other number one seed prevails. That other number one seed is... The field includes a group of elite golfers from around the world. The favorite has to be Shooter McGavin. I tell you, I don't know what it is about this big winning streak I'm on. It, uh, I'm in the zone. What can I say? The hole just seems to get bigger. Yes, that, of course, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. He finally defeated Mr. Mr. Miyagi. What a run by Mr. Miyagi. Oh, Got to give him credit. Like. It was. <laughs> he didn't have a 16-point lead, but uh, he was tied with a couple hours to go. And yeah. uh, then Shooter McGavin sent out the troops, sent out the uh, the heckler, and he took down Mr. Miyagi. So it's Rocky, Shooter McGavin, title match. And voting, Larry, is now open. At Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, the greatest sports heroes and villains championship matchup is there for you to decide. Voting early and often. <laughs> Help us find out who's going to be. And we think, and Gordon, we got to say, uh, they did a pretty good job this year. They they did do a good job. Yeah, I mean, look, you're always going to quibble with a couple of decisions made by people, but mm-hmm. um, I overall, think overall, I think this is a pretty good matchup. I, I could have seen it go... Um, the water boy versus, mm-hmm. you know, Apollo Creed or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, the people have spoken, and uh, this time at least, I will give them credit. Now, I brought up an idea. Yes, I wanted to bring up an idea last night. Do we have mm-hmm. time for that now? Absolutely. Once Perfect we segue. get past this, this uh, the March movie mayhem, mm-hmm. uh, now that we're into uh, mid-April, yes. um, I think that we should come up with an idea. This is the idea. Mm-hmm. Every night we have a poll question. Mm-hmm. We know our audience loves The Sopranos. Yes, they do. And the point of the poll question every single night is to come up with suggestions to put up against The Sopranos to see if anything ever beats it. Ooh. So you could put up any, you know, and, and everyone on the staff will get to have a, a, a turn. One night it could be Brian, one night it could be Jake, one night it could be Will, one kind you, me. It would be like uh, the Nets head coaching job, according to Kyrie Irving. <laughs> every night somebody else gets a turn. Okay. And you could have one night you say, I'm going to put up puppies. Do, do people like puppies more than the Sopranos? And we'll see. Oh. And we'll keep a running track of how many days it takes mm-hmm. until we find anything. If we can. Who knows? Maybe we go the entire time and the Sopranos wins the entire mm-hmm. time. But until we find something that's better than the Sopranos, according to our audience. I, I, I might have something. 
Really? You already have. Well, look, that's what it's going to be about. Like, can who's the person on staff that comes up with the suggestion? So maybe we'll start that next week. That sounds good. All right. Because we're announcing our champion on Monday. Yeah, we'll do it Monday. We'll announce right. it. So then we'll start on Tuesday. How about that? All right. Sounds good. Works for you. It works for me. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Jake, work for you. It definitely works for me. I'm trying to brainstorm right now because the Sopranos is going to be a tough one to take down. And to Gordon's point, you know, it won the TV theme throwdown. And as much as I love the Sopranos, there is no way that that is the best theme song in history. It's people, you know, people people ruined the beautiful. I felt like uh, I they, felt like uh, Vito Corleone. Look how they butchered my boy. They base they just vote for you know kind of the same thing here with our March movie mayhem. Sometimes when I looked at the matchups, I thought, did they just pick? the character that they liked more or did they actually choose the better hero or villain but uh, you know the Forrest Gump story <laughs> exactly yes yes that's how Forrest Gump got through maybe 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 we have to put Forrest Gump up against the Sopranos and settle it once and for who knows who every knows? night you'll have to tune in and find out whose turn it is to make a suggestion or rotate mm-hmm. and what that suggestion is and, and who comes up with the best ones yeah it will be interesting. It will be interesting. That's a good idea, Gordon. All right. I have them every once in a while. I tell my wife, every time I have a good one, I said, don't ask me for another one for another three months. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all spent. You're done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not even going to try to have any for the next three months. <laughs> 1-800-919-3776. Don't forget to vote in the March Movie Mayhem while you're listening to Ralph in Manhattan. He's next on 987 ESPN. How you doing, guys? Hey, Ralph. Hey, uh, I want to talk about the Yankees, particularly the uh, 17 Yankees versus the 22 Yankees. 17 Yankees, Joe Girardi, manager, got more out of less. Your thoughts? Well, look, I I didn't want them to change the manager at the time. I thought it was a mistake. It has proven to be that way. I don't know what else to say. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would have won a World Series if Joe Girardi had been here, but the change certainly didn't help. No, <laughs> we didn't. can say for sure that no, changing the, the voice in the room, and to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, Larry, the fact that they changed the voice in the room because Girardi was too brusque or too gruff mm-hmm. of a voice, and now this year the big move they made was to go get Josh Donaldson, somebody who can – you know, have that kind of gruff voice in the room mm-hmm. tells me that, well, you know what? Wait a second. We, maybe we missed that. Maybe, maybe we lost a little bit of our edge there. If you made the move because Gary Sanchez was too sensitive, that's a bad move because Gary Sanchez is not here anymore. Yep. So that, that, tells, that tells me all I need to know about that move. That, that, yeah, oh, well, the people turn him out, tuning him out. He's been around. He's too great. Stop. He was winning. Okay, win, winning cures everything. And you had to. a young team. You had a young. This was this was what the baby bombers, Gordon. Well, that was it, right? Baby yeah. bombers, Torres and Sanchez, and you know, not he wasn't the baby, but he was a young player and Judge. You know, you had a nice little nucleus of, of a team that was that you know kind of was looking to be. Hey, you know what? They could be good for a while. We may be building something here, and that was not the time to change Joe. I mean, it just wasn't, especially after he got you. You had no thought of going to the World Series in 2017. None. That wasn't no. even the, there wasn't there wasn't even a thought in your mind. And he got you within one game of the and he doesn't get a chance to come back and at least match it. Okay, if he comes back the following year, Gordon, and it's easy to second guess. But if he comes by the way, Lee, uh Robinson Cano coming out of the game right now. Um 
<laughs> he will not play the eighth. He will not play the rest of the game. Uh, so if, now, if he comes back the following year and he and it's an epic failure, okay, I got it. Then you got to make the move. But he deserved to come back, Gordon. He got him to one game of the world. One game of the world within the game of the World Series. Well, I mean, Aaron Boone. Uh, the 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 way it was presented was that he was going to have a different style that would be conducive to bringing out the best in the young players, the judges, okay. the, uh, the the Sanchez's. Yeah, right, um, sure. Uh, and look, there are young players who did have some success under Aaron Boone. I mean, Miguel Andujar in 2018 was very good. Glaber Torres has had his moments. But those guys have also fallen off. Yeah. Uh, Gary Sanchez, there was never an unlocking of Gary Sanchez. And that felt like the, the, you know, the real crux of it. Maybe that mm-hmm. wasn't the only reason why they made the move. But it was about this new guy was going to be able to unlock the potential of Gary Sanchez. Safe to say, that's still locked up. It is. And listen, you're not supposed to treat everybody the same anyway. All right. And I know Girardi had been in, he's been around baseball long enough to understand it. I mean, this guy was manager of the year with Florida, with the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he knows how to deal with young players, clearly. Now, I, I listen, could he have been, <laughs> were there times in covering him that you knew he was in a bad mood? Absolutely. He should be in a bad Absolutely. mood. Absolutely. Of course. He's a very high pressure job. Yeah. And, and he was used to winning. Of course. He was used to winning, so he knew what it took. I mean, we, I used to joke. We used to sit up in the in the press box and laugh. It's like, Yankees, are the, <laughs> we'd be coming down to the elevator. He'd be sitting in the, in, in the, in the press room. Uh-oh. <laughs> we better go early because we know, we know what's going to happen in this game. Like a, a, a 12-0 game, Gordon, you leave before because he's going to be sitting there waiting, tapping his fingers on the desk. Everybody here? <laughs> let's go because I'm not staying. Let's go because I, I don't have a lot to say and I'm not staying long. So, I mean, you know, you respect that in the guy because he's holding people accountable. Gordon, I thought that's what you wanted. I, I thought so, too. Um, and I, can, I respect that. Like, I understand that. That makes sense to me. You're mm-hmm. in a high-pressure job with high expectations, and if things are not working well, yeah, you're going to get ticked off. That make, that I, anger, I understand. Yeah. Endless optimism makes no sense to me. Yeah. It Always looking concerned. at the sunny side of things and forcing yeah. to look at the optimistic side of things. That makes no sense to me. I, I can't deal with that. That 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 would to me would come off as completely phony. And I'll I'll say this, and it's not the first. I'm not the first person to say it. Mm-hmm. If and when Aaron Boone, if things go sideways this year, the next guy in line is going to be that guy that's sitting up in the booth new this year. Yeah, that's going to be the next guy. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Beltran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I just hope for Boone's sake, that he's not that eternal optimist in the clubhouse all the time. Because he might he can't be a little be. different. I mean, he, he would just, I mean, he would lose all credibility, right? Yeah. I mean, he would have yeah. to lose all credibility. Yeah. So I would think he's a little different in the clubhouse than what he Yeah, sure, that's media. fine. You know, but but he is very optimistic. <laughs> but, he you know, the funny thing is, is that, like, part of the, I mean, the narrative back then was that, you know, Joe is – is coming out and answering these questions and the way he's answering them on the on the Yes Network and, and he's coming all across as very brusque and very gruff and, and that, that, mm-hmm. that Boone is going to be able to handle it in a different way and take the pressure off. And Can anybody find me any evidence of that over the last four years? Uh, no. 
As a matter of fact, the pressure was on Boone to try to keep his job. He's yeah. lucky to be back in Atlanta. Right. Gordon, I tell you, a lot of people didn't think he was going to get that contract renewed. I, I, was, I was a little shocked. It seemed like last year during the season that something had to change, but yeah. the Yankees said, no, we don't have to change anything. We're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so Worked they out thought. great. So they thought. <laughs> and going before we get back to the phones, Aaron Boone had a couple of more comments on the Michael K show earlier today. Mm-hmm. Listen to this one. Um, and I wonder who this is. He says it's really tough telling an everyday player he's not going to start on opening day. Opening day um, is is a big deal. It's a really big deal to me. I, I think it's a day to be celebrated. I've been blessed to be, um, you know, going to opening day, you know, watching my dad, to then being a player, to now being a manager in a lot of opening days. And it's a really special day. So, you know, to have that conversation with a guy that you feel like is going to be an everyday player for you throughout the year, who you believe is going to be an impact player for you. Yeah, that's a tough conversation, but something that, you know, also I tried to get out ahead of, you know, when, when I really had all those guys in my office about 10 days ago and saying, Hey, there's going to be, you know, there's, there's going to, one of you guys in here, I, I, I basically brought in the nine guys for the eight spots. And I basically said, one of you guys is going to have to sit o- on opening day. And I understand, you know, that's, you know, that's, that can suck. So how do you feel about DJ LeMay who not being in the lineup, Gordon? Yeah, I, I think it's clearly <laughs> that he's going to be the guy. Uh, but we know that they have that kind of log jam and there's only so many spots at the end. So, yeah, somebody's going to be sitting and it looks like on opening day, that would make sense. Like just the kind of way he, you know, is approaching it, talking to some longtime professional who you really respect, and it just sounds like that description is DJ LeMahieu. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would expect that he's probably going to be on the bench to start opening day. Uh, here's Aaron Boone on the Michael K. Show on so many people picking Toronto. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of the same thing. So, you know, I, I was joking. I, just, I said, it looks like we're all playing for second this year, you know. <laughs> um, no, but with that said, there's no denying that they are a really good team. I mean, we, we saw them sort of come of age last year, even though they just missed the playoffs. Um, it's obviously a lineup that, you know, is as formidable as anyone we're going to go up against. It's a starting rotation that top to bottom is very solid. So, I mean, I understand certainly, uh, you know, people out there that, you know, have to do this at the beginning of the season, put your picks in. I get it. Yeah, and and listen, what is uh, what can you say? This is a like you said, the pitching is a little iffy, but Gordon they can outslug their pitching. <laughs> that Toronto lineup is something else. Yeah, their pitching holds up, and and look, they have they have guys who it would not be inconceivable if they pitched well. Like Berrios at times has looked overpowering. It's just a question of whether or not he can stay healthy. Uh, they did lose the Cy Young Award winner from last year and Robbie yeah, Ray, right. so that's mm-hmm. a big loss to have. So yeah, their their pitching is a question mark. Um, but yeah, that lineup, that lineup looks like it's going to be pretty good for a pretty long time. Yeah, I would say so. Hey, Aaron Boone, once again from the Michael K Show, is there a player that that's really been on your mind that that, that you're looking forward to seeing or maybe thinking about? First of all, he's been you know great for me to have a guy like that um, that I feel like I've had a really good relationship with in in you know my first four years here a guy that I have a ton of respect for, a guy that's had a massive influence on a number of guys in that room. So, you know, just felt a little weird driving in today, and he was he was on my mind. Um, 
so yeah, just yeah, just respect the guy and the player a lot. You know who he was talking about, right, Gordon? Guardy? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Is that the guy he was also talking about? He's not going to be in the starting lineup on opening day because he's going to sign <laughs> a contract tonight? Under the, Absolutely. Under the, under the, uh... That's right, because Aaron Hicks is not hurt yet. So not there's yet. no need to play him. He's, he's, oh, no. he's in the gym, though. I'm sure I'm sure Brett Gardner is, 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 is ready for that ready. phone call. The bat signal will go up in the sky. <laughs> the Brett signal will go up in the sky. He'll be ready to go. He's a lifer. He's, he's like Beetlejuice. You just say Guardy three times in a row, and poof, he's there. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. Set back to the folds. 1-800-919-3776. Carl is in Union. Carl, you're next on 98.7. How you doing, guys? Great show tonight. Thanks, Carl. Uh, a little bit of Yankees. I'm not very worried about that season tonight. All right, good. I think they, I, 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 I think they got something to look forward to, and uh, for the Rangers, mm-hmm. you, you don't mention them enough, but uh, they're playing well. Yes, they are. They're playing really well, Carl, and and I think they can, uh, you know, go deep in, in into the postseason because, Gordon, when you got a hot goaltender, and Shosturkin's been hot all year, uh, that that helps you a lot. Helps you a lot. Covers up a lot of mistakes. Well, let's see. Uh, you know, let's get the playoffs started already. When mm-hmm. did the playoffs Absolutely. start? Uh, well, they normally the season's normally a couple of days longer than the NBA, so I would think they're going to start probably next week. Sometime okay, next week. All right, let's let's uh, let's ten get more games. Rolling, people. Right. Yeah. yeah, wow, they got ten more games, boy. It's funny that he's saying that. You know, we don't mention it enough. I don't mention it at all. So I mean, you know, anything that Larry does, that's you know, should be thanking Larry because uh, it's not on my radar. It's just uh, you know, I got to be honest. Santi Pietro. Yeah, um, Monday through Friday from five to eight in the morning with with the Dave Rothenberg. Thank you. Steve. There you go. Yeah. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Buddha is in the Bronx. He's next on ninety eight seven. You know, you guys are funny, man. We were talking about um, <laughs> Girardi. You know, I, I don't know how much Sanchez had to do with him leaving, but uh, <laughs> we met with Cashman, and he informed Cashman informed him that at 10 a.m. the analytics team will be um, emailing him <laughs> the daily lineup. I think his face in that discussion <laughs> is kind of what got him out of here. <laughs> you, mean, you mean Joey uh, Looseleaves yeah. didn't want any help? <laughs> Binder oh, Joe. My God. You, you you can see Joe Girardi almost reaching over the table and grabbing Cashman <laughs> by the collar of his shirt. You can see yeah. it, man. Oh my oh, yeah. God. Listen, there was three things today, guys. I saw you know, one of them was funny. Not as funny as that. But um and then the other two not so funny. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what Cora saw between when Alonzo was going between <laughs> second and third. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not. I'm not yeah, sure on that like one. Yeah, Solomon either. Grundy running across the <laughs> Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, yeah let's stop. How you put I mean, my man it, in it was too early. It was but, too early to be that but, desperate. I thought Buddha, Phil Nevin was at third base for the Mets there for a minute. Hey, Buddha, here's the best part. Here's the best part, though. Alonzo said. The, hit the replay. I was safe. Hit the replay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his pride talking. Yeah. Oh, that's a waste of challenge. Yeah, <laughs> he runs like a sumo wrestler. And, yeah, you know he does. Mean? I mean, oh my god. Well, that's why they call him the polar bear. Now you know why. Yeah, I mean, polar bears are pretty graceful on the water. 
You know what I mean? Well, this was dry land. <laughs> yeah, it was two more things though. I mean, uh, one of them was not so funny either. It's like uh, you know, Zion Williamson wants to come back for the Pelicans now. Listen, if I was Brandon Ingram, if I'm the coaching staff, even if I'm the management of the team, like, dude, you're not coming back to play now. What you want to showcase yourself for a trade? Man, you better get out of here, man. Like, the more and more you hear about him and the more and more you see his behavior, like, listen, the Knicks make a move like that, they'd be stupid as I don't know what. He, he He's not in it for the long haul, and, and he's, a, he's a selfish kid. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I, I Just from what I've seen, he's a selfish kid. You know, he, you know, I, I, that, that rubbed me the wrong way when I heard that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, last thing, man, and, um, you know, it's just it's just a continuation of, of my frustration, you know, like with the Jets, man. I mean, like, you know, Tyreek Hill, obviously, he didn't want to come in. They used the Jets for whatever they needed to use them for, blah, 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 blah. You know, Joe Douglas got all of this draft capital, all this free agent money. Now they're putting out the Jets was trying to pursue uh, Brandon Cooks. I'm not saying he's a great player or nothing like that. But, you know, dude says, I'd rather resign with the Texans. The Texans. You know, that's like, not, this is not a good look, man. I mean, I'm sorry, man. You know, and I'm going to say this a thousand times. You know, this dude came in here. You know, he came in. Adam Gase brought him in. You know, he moonwalked away from Adam Gase. Somehow he had nothing to do with that 2 or 14. Then he couldn't do nothing because of the salary. The salary Mr. McCagney left. Then he couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. I mean, time is running out. It has to be. But I never saw anybody come into this town as a player, coach, a GM, or whatever, who had this kind of hold on the media or the fans. Like, when they got this, like, I, I believe in Joe Douglas. I mean, this dude got more hold on, on, on this New York base than Stephanie Powers had on her hand, heart to heart. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It is ridiculous. Like, somebody got to call this out. This is a disaster. Look what the AFC is at right now. It's a disaster. The crockpot approach, it killed us here. And you've got a quarterback now who you don't even know if he can play either. How many quarterbacks and how many coaches do you get as a GM? Like, somebody tell me something. Well, Buddha, part of it, and thanks for the phone call, part of it is because it's the Jets. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? It's the Jets. It, it's the Jets and the Knicks are kind of in, in a similar situation. And I remember Brian, Brian was saying to me the other day with the, um, you know, with the Donovan Mitchell rumors, oh, he's mm-hmm. probably going to come here. And Brian said to me, you know, they always hear that they're coming, but they don't show up. Because, because when people, when they say they want to come and they try to get somebody to come with them, they don't want to come. Nobody wants to do it alone. I mean, Gordon, if you, honestly, if you were a free agent right now, right now, and I know you might be a little biased, but take take take, take your dolphin mm-hmm. hat off for a second. Mm-hmm. If you were a free agent right now, free agent receiver, you coming to the Jets? No, that's no. what I'm saying. No, I mean, and, and listen, I'm not, and I'm not trying to absolve Joe Douglas. I'm not. He's he's had his free agency has not been great. His picks look like they've been okay, but the free agency has been an issue. Okay, we we can all agree on that. From the first time he brought an offensive lineman out of retirement to try to get him to come back, and he, he and you understood why he retired. All right, so you knew that. But honestly, what is there here? Who is here to make you say, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take a chance now. If they were able to do something, Gordon, with the two tight ends that they got, and you start to see the you know the the team come together and put some wins together. 
Okay, if they give you eight, if, if they just go wild, okay, and they give you eight, nine, ten wins this year, which is virtually impossible. But if they were to give you eight, nine, ten wins, and you saw your quarterback look like, wow, he really took the leap in the second year, then receivers will be wanting. Then receivers will want to come here. After looking at that kid play last year, if you're a receiver, you want to come to the Jets? I don't think so. Well, I, as I always pose the question, Larry, if you had the time machine and you could go back to the moment that Joe Douglas was about to be hired, and I told you, you know, three drafts in, the over-under number for the Jets this season is going to be five and a half. Would you still make the move? No. I, I, for all the people that say they believe in Joe Douglas and I, I trust in Joe, the results have been massively underwhelming. Now, look, they got another year. They got another draft. They can figure it out. It is a league where people do jump up and, and surprise. But the fact that the, 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 the sense around the Jets and Vegas is pretty good about knowing where to put those lines, mm-hmm. the fact that that's five and a half, that's all five and a half? Uh, yeah. That's uh, that's surprising to me. And and just to get back to Buddha's point about if the Knicks go after Zion, the Knicks are going after anybody they can get. Mm-hmm. Like the first superstar who they can actually swing a deal. This is not the Knicks saying, well, should we target Zion? Should we target Donovan Mitchell? Should we go after this guy? The first guy who says, yeah, I want to come there, that's who they're going with. It, there's no deep strategy behind it. It's just whoever says yes. The doors are open. <laughs> they're Come on they're standing at the altar, and whoever comes down that aisle, that's who it is. And by the way, Buddha, this is an agent deal. This is the agent saying, listen, we don't want people to think that you don't want to play basketball anymore. Go Say you want to play, okay? Because even if they say no, Gordon, hey, listen, he wanted to play. They said they they shut him down. They wouldn't let him on the court. He wanted he wanted to play. He told them he did some work. He was dunking. He he's probably got more videos than Hoodie Mello about working out coming back. He wanted he wanted to play. Look, the, the Pelicans didn't want him. I what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? That's all. That's what that is. That is to make sure there is a market for him. And Gordon, it might be at the behest of the Pelicans who might be ready to move on from him also. Oh, no question. Uh, I would think that that's definitely the case. And if they call up the Knicks and say, before the, before the Pelicans get done with the sentence, the Knicks would say yes. That's right. Zy, oh, d- d- what, for what? <laughs> right. What do Zy, we have to send oh, you? Yeah, yes. Zy, yes, I will. Send you? Yep, absolutely. What do we have to send you? Whatever it is, we, we, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, so. Julius will be on the next flight. Have no you fear. You have to say Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, done. Bye. <laughs> this is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer.